Hello and welcome back to the Relationship Matters podcast. We believe relationship matters from humanity to nature to the larger whole. I'm your host, Kitty Churchman, and across three episodes in season four, I'm speaking with master coach Laurie Shook about alchemy, the art and science of co-facilitation. Based on Orsk concepts, the alchemy approach was designed to help pairs create magical co-deliveries, whether they be co-coaching, co-facilitating, or co-parenting. Magical co-facilitation inspired participants and deep learning. These things don't just happen. However, you can learn the tools and techniques that can help you and your partner to consistently and intentionally create successful, transformative, high-impact learning experiences together. Laurie Shook is a pioneer in the coaching world. She jumped into the budding field of coaching in the mid-1990s, earned the designation of Master Certified Coach by 2001, and has been training coaches for over 20 years. Laurie has coached small business owners, managers, and executives around the world. She has worked with leaders in a variety of organizations, including large multinationals and small to mid-sized businesses. Laurie was a driving force for the global expansion of coaching as she helped spread co-active coaching across North America and helped to introduce coaching to many countries throughout EMEA. She contributed to the creation of quality, scalable programs and training excellence for three international coach training schools, including CRR Global. Laurie is highly respected for her talent in coaching and training coaches. Consistent with her educational background in the sciences, she regularly integrates neuroscience into the coaching and training work she does with leaders, coaches and teams. With her practical and no-nonsense approach, she makes coaching and personal development a pragmatic yet deep process. In part one, we discuss alchemy and coaching outcomes. Across this conversation, we discuss why partners need to get aligned on outcomes, what happens when we're not aligned, and designing our sessions so that everything we do is in service of those outcomes. So without further ado, I bring you Laurie Shook. Laurie, welcome to the Relationship Matters podcast. Thanks, Katie. It's nice to be here. It's nice to be with you. Feels like we've been scheming this up for a little while. So it's great to like, let's get going. Let's talk about some stuff. I know. I'm very excited to chat about alchemy over these three episodes. And before we dive into our specific focus of today, alchemy and coaching outcomes, I wonder if you could start by talking about what alchemy means and how it relates to Orsk. Okay. Yes, I'd love to. So alchemy, the you can find several dictionary definitions, but one that I really like is about bringing two disparate elements together to create something new and unique. And of course, there's a little bit of magic, you know, in the in the term alchemy, we relate it to something magical, the creation of gold, something, you know, uh, flashy and wonderful. And that's what we're trying to do in this program called Alchemy is bring two different individuals together, co-facilitators, whether they're co-coaches or co-leaders or co-trainers, bring them together and create what we call a unified front, a third entity in Orsk terms, you know, a, a relationship that's really solid because we say and believe that the relationship is what's doing the work, not just the two individuals. So that alchemy 
concept is bringing them together. And how that relates to ORSC, well, we use the, a lot of ORSC concepts like third entity and relationship coaching. In a way, you could think of the whole alchemy course as a coaching for a pair of people who are coming together to, to do some work together. And how else it relates to ORSC is that, well, originally, Faith and Marita, the founders of ORSC, wanted to have a way to train people and help coaches come together as a pair because they recommended that you work as a pair when you coach a team. There's so much going on in the team that two people together is much more robust. You know, it's one plus one equals three kind of thing. You know, it can handle and hold so much more, all those emotions, all those things going on. And of course, the ICF has recently come out with team competencies that encourage co-coaching or team coaching. So I wonder then, because alchemy feels so magical and uh, almost intangible. And yet when I hear the phrase coaching outcomes, it feels a bit more concrete and structured. So tell me how these two pieces relate. Why do you need all that structure if you're going to see magic? (laughs) I get it. I totally get it. And I love the question. And the thing is, if you want to create something magical, you need to prepare. You need to know what you're doing. You have some work to do ahead of time. Co-coaches need to know where do we want to get to in this coaching session or co-trainers if they're doing a training session. What are the things we're really after in this program? And the things we're after are going to help create the design as well as how do we interact? Because we're, we're looking at experiential activities. And so in an experience, I mean, it's not scripted. It's not predetermined. We have to be improvisational as we go. And we need some kind of structure that holds us in that improvisation, if that makes sense. Yeah, we were talking offline about how jazz musicians, they have to learn the scales first. And this kind of feels like the scales. We don't just turn up and suddenly start playing a wonderful jazz rendition. We have to know the basics. That's right. You have to know the basics. You have to have some the musicians need to know, okay, we're going to be in this key together. And, you know, even if someone switches key well, we know what we're doing. We know where we're going. And there has to be some common understanding of what we're doing. And so when we talk about coaching outcomes, um, how does this relate when we're talking about co-facilitation, whether it be trainers, leaders, or coaches? Yeah. So depending on what you're up to, your outcomes might be a little bit different. So if you are trainers, you might say, okay, these are the learning outcomes. We want people to learn these very specific things. So we're going to design a program where they can experience those things. And then we really want to make sure they land, you know, land the learning of these various concepts. So people walk away having some wisdom built into them, not just an experience, but they really walk away knowing some things. It's slightly different in coaching because it's not just training. I mean, there's education bits that we do in team coaching. Um, So the same applies in those education bits. But there's also that free-flowing part of team coaching. We still need to have some things to hang on to, like those jazz musicians. You know, are we going for unveiling conflict in this session? Are we going for building positivity? Are we after vision? Like, what are we after? Because if we're not together on that, I might go one way and my co-coach might go another. And then we're pulling the team in different directions and they may be confused and it will look more magical, feel more magical if we have a mind meld about where we're going and then the opportunities show up. We both know, ah, there's our opportunity to get what we need and we go that direction. That's where the magic comes from. And so I'm wondering if this is something that people can rush over in the design process. Do you feel that there is a danger of this part being rushed over? Absolutely. I mean, I I tend to rush over it myself. Let's go do the work. Let's just jump in, you know, but that's, it's a discipline to do this bit. 
to create the outcomes. Let's just slow down. What are we after? Let's have our specific things that we know that we're going for so that we're on the same page. So yes, absolutely. People can skip over them and they do often. And, you know, if they know each other really well, maybe they can get away with it. But especially if it's a newer pair or even if it's an older pair and they're into old habits and want to do something new, you know, being conscious and intentional about this. And so how can we design in a way that allows for flexibility to show up? Because as we know, working with teams, they sometimes decide to do something completely different. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Well, we also need to have, you know, do our systems entry work and know what is it the team needs and have some agreed upon agenda, you know, conceptually, yeah, uh, some kind of agreed upon agenda with the team. And of course, be prepared to go any other direction. But even so, as co-coaches, we can just, you know, we could even have things in our back pocket. Like we know that the team wants to build positivity, but if conflict shows up, how, you know, what are we after in the conflict? How are we going to deal with that? There's some alignment around those different options if that makes sense. Yeah. So it's not so rigorous that if it doesn't go to plan, you're completely thrown. Yeah. And also you might have like, okay, let's say, well, the team wants to build positivity. Great. We're going ahead. You know, we decide on this particular exercise to do that. And something else happens in the room where we see that that exercise isn't going to quite work, whether it's the space in the room or something else has happened if we're committed to our learning points, we can rip up our timeline, we can rip up our plan, commit ourselves to those learning outcomes that we want. And if we follow those, like as partners, we're married to those and we see an opportunity. Now it might be one partner that sees the opportunity and jumps on it a bit and says, okay, I I hear what this person is saying, how about this? And the partner will think "We, we are together on our plan, we're together on our learning outcomes our coaching outcomes. I know where my partner is going. I can line up immediately. It's a new idea, but because we're on the same page, we line up immediately, which is also how the magic happens because then we're using what's in the room rather than having a plan ahead of time and just going point, 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 you know, executing that plan. Um, we get to be improvisational with the team. Yeah, it really makes me think of uh, an improvisation where the best improvisers have their eye on the the arc of the the improvisation sketch because it can't go forever. Right. And so it's like holding that whole experience. And so this isn't so much about the tools that show up. It's more about the because of what. Exactly. Why are we doing that? The because of what. Why are we doing that? That's what our outcomes are about. Why are we doing this? What's the general sense of where we want to go? What are we committed to? Absolutely. Because I do think, and I certainly done this myself, I think it can be easy to fall back on the tools. Um, you know, which tool am I going to use and go there first as opposed to here? Yes, I love, you know, land's work or I love bringing down the vision, you know, some big tool. I love this tool. And we jump to that quite quickly. Yeah. Oh, it worked before with this other team or maybe there's a, a general sense it might work. But what we encourage is instead of jumping into the tool is really look, what is the arc of it? So we're designing to the arc of a day. Like what's the feeling that we want to have for the whole period of time, whether it's a full day, a half day, or, or even two hours, what's the feeling that we want to have and what's the thing that we want to do or could do to create part one outcome, Mm. you know, and really look at, do we have a tool that fits that? Do we need to make something up? Maybe we just follow worst principles and add something. There's so many games that we can play 
you know, all kinds of trainers games, you know, you can look some up and it almost doesn't matter what that activity is, as long as you're using the ORSC principles along with it, because you can see how people are interacting and you can show a mirror, you know, to that. So there's many options. And if you start with your principles, your outcomes first, then you're going to get the kind of overall outcome and the overall arc that you want. I love that point. Faith often says that the, the better you get at ORS, the less tools you actually end up using. Yeah, totally agree. Yeah. And that's because you know what you're after mm-hmm. and the tools are helpful. There's nothing wrong with the tools and, and maybe they're a starting point for us. But we also, even when using the tools, we need to know why are we using that tool? And as partners operating the tool, we need to be really clear. This is what we're after because it can go so many different directions. We have our outcomes. We're aligned about those. And we know the, the direction to take. Every moment is a choice moment. Yeah. You know, something happens in the room. There's signals all over the place. Which one do we follow? And my partner might choose one and I might choose another. And we're going in different directions, but that alignment helps us know what to choose. Alignment about outcomes. Yeah, it just made me think how we have our preferences of tools and because we did it with another team and it was super successful, we're doing it here. But if we go there first, we're kind of missing the point. And so would you say that everything uh, should be in service of the coaching outcomes? Like that should always be first. Absolutely. Mm. And spend some time. Spend some time developing those. What are our coaching outcomes? It's partly what's agreed upon with the team, but it's also the the more nuanced things that we know as team coaches all along the way to create that arc, you know? What are those? Build your plan around that. And when you say build your plan around that, what does that look like in reality for these co-coaches say? Yeah, so it it dictates everything, right? (laughs) So it's the plan, like what tools are we gonna use? How might we do the transition? What are we gonna do? When's the break? And even how does the break serve? our learning outcomes. Oh, wow. I didn't ever think, wow, that's an interesting way of looking at it. Oh, wow. Because you, because even over a lunchtime, say you can have people do something that's consistent, but fun, Mm. consistent with your arc, you know, and well, we're at this point and there's been, we expect there'll be some positivity. We'll build on that positivity over lunch. Here's a question you can work with over lunch. We encourage you have some fun with it. And then they come back in a slightly different place. You're keeping that in mind. Everything in service of those outcomes. Even the energy you bring to the room. You know, what's the energy, the meta skills you need to bring in order to serve those outcomes? If you know that you are planning to open up some conflict, you don't want to show up dancing, you know, to some bebop music. Uh, You want to be creative. (laughs) You know, you need to do everything you can to create safety and so that you can go in this really risky for some people direction, you know, so your energy, your meta skills need to be aligned with the outcomes as well. That's so fascinating. And it makes me think of some of the really experienced coaches I've had the pleasure of working with. They seem very aware of the the atmosphere in the room, like if there's a window and if there's light. And so would you talk to that being in service of the coaching outcomes as well? Absolutely. Because sometimes you don't get a room that is in, you know, you don't get the room that you want. And so you need to pay attention if, you know, there isn't a room or it's a, I mean, sorry, there isn't a window or there's a basement room yeah, or it's a super hot day. What do we need to do to make sure that people are going to have the experience that you want them to have? And so we might need to adjust our plan a little bit or there's a world event that happens. Yeah. You know, stuff happens in the world. We don't, we can't just step over that because 
you know, it might have affected somebody very deeply in the room. So you need to include that and be ready for um, people's reactions. It's so fascinating because I think often I think of the DTA, the Design Team Alliance as the container moment. But all of this is happening before that. And it's very much creating the container within which you're holding this team or this group. Yes. How you greet them, all your communications to them ahead of time. What, what kind of email or other kind of communication is going out? Interviews, if people are doing interviews or even a survey that you send out ahead of time before really meeting them. What's the tone of that? How do you, and of course, once you have survey results back, you may, that's when you really create your plan. So it isn't always possible to have your outcomes known, you know, in the systems entry. But as you build your relationship with the team, you're keeping your outcomes in mind. And so how... Does that shop then in, say, my dynamic with a, a co-coach? If we've really designed now around these these coaching outcomes, everything in service of these coaching outcomes, how can I show up in a way then that is in service of that too in my co-coach dynamic? We need to walk our talk for one thing. So if we know that we're wanting to focus in for the moment on positivity and psychological safety, we need to make sure it is psychologically safe, Mm. right? And it needs to be psychologically safe between us. If there is any kind of negativity floating around in our relationship, like maybe we had a disagreement and we took it personally before we showed up and we're still holding on to some of that, man, that's contagious. Yeah. You know, we're not going to be able to land our learning point and really make that unless, of course, we reveal it and work on it ourselves, which, you know, that's something you could do. Probably not recommended because then it's all about us. But, you know, it is a way to show here's how we're working with our positivity and psychological safety for the sake of everyone. Yeah. But we need to do that behind the scenes, at least, you know, and maybe in the room. But if we're saying psychological safety for the sake of people speaking up, then we need to invite that speaking up and we might need to speak up ourselves, you know, and that can feel risky. But if we've got the safety in our relationship and I, maybe I'm, you know, the co-coach, I notice something happening in the team and that's a little bit edgy. Mm-hmm. Like somebody keeps talking over someone else, man, does it require a lot of psychological safety to point that out? Yeah. Yeah. So I notice whenever, you know, you know, when people on this side of the room start talking, I notice Others on this side of the room start speaking in louder voices. Whoa, that's a big deal, right? So that's modeling what we're trying to do. And we have got to have a robust relationship because if I go that way, my co-coach has got to make sure that there is absolute safety in the room because I've just taken the risk. Mm. So we're working together to create that. If my co-coach also comes with, you know, I say that about, wow, I noticed this and then something and builds on that that actually can create a little too much. Right. Yeah. So we go in slightly different directions in order to make the point, but also keep the room safe. So you hold that range within your relationship. And that's why it's so handy, I guess, to have two of you. That's right. I know when I'm co-facilitating, my range can be much broader Mm. because I can take a little few more risks and my co-coach will be there to hold it. So interesting. I didn't think about how the outcomes live within our relationship, say, in this example, or any co-coach dynamic, actually, how do those outcomes live in our relationship? That has to be first. Yeah, because we're models of relationship and people can learn a lot just by the way we interact. They may not even be conscious about it. One of our earliest ways as human beings to learn is to mimic. Mm. Babies, uh, toddlers don't learn to walk because they're instructed. They learn because they're mimicking. We mimic the adults around us. And so 
what we're demonstrating in a room around relationship is something that the team can learn from, even if it's just a subconscious mimicking. And it's here that the magic now shows up or maybe starts to show up. Yeah, that's definitely part of the magic because we're, you know, emotions are contagious. We start talking about our, you know, human beings and physiology. Emotions are contagious. And if we're showing up with contrary emotions in our relationship, people will feel that. And so part of the magic, as you said, is to to uh, emit, <laughs> you know, the kind of emotions that we want to have in the room. Mm. This is so interesting because I guess, um, like a lot of people, I can get sort of stuck on the coaching plan. And I realize the coaching outcomes is quite different. And actually, this is before all of that. Mm. And yet, I didn't realize quite how many levels it goes to, the depth in which you can take this to and perhaps should take it to, particularly in how it lives within your co-coach dynamic. It's sort of quite powerful then when you take it there because anything can happen. You can hold anything in that container. Yes. Wow. That's amazing. Do you have any examples of when you completely threw out the script and you were still able to hold in service of these outcomes? So I was working with a partner a few months ago, coaching a team, and we were a little surprised by something that happened in the room. We thought, okay, we're going to do this one exercise. I think it was a Metaskills wheel, in fact. And we were a little surprised about the direction it took some of the things that happened because it revealed something to the whole room, which was a shock. Um, like something was going on in the team and not everybody knew about that. Okay. And we didn't know not everybody knew about that, but we knew we wanted to follow this. There was a little conflict in one part of the team and we want, we knew we wanted to open up a conversation about it, but we weren't expecting the shock factor. So we knew we wanted to open that, but we also knew that we wanted to have safety. And so we put in an extra exercise there where we could have conversations like what do people need to say? What needs to be, revealed? How are you doing? What do we need to continue? It's like almost like a little rework of a DTA at that moment. Mm. And uh, I think we also revealed like, you know, who knew something was happening and what's the impact all in service of getting to where we needed to go. But it, it felt like a step back in a way, but we knew it was in service. Mm. I, I think that's such a great example of dancing in the moment. I think we often throw that, I throw that out on this podcast a lot. I say dancing in the moment, but in order to dance, there has to be that structure. And I think that's something that I keep coming back to in this conversation. Yeah. The structure of outcomes. Mm. What are we after? Because we will have to rip up our plan at some point, but if we're committed to our outcomes, then we, then we can see where we're going. Does that make sense? Yeah. Would you say, I was just thinking about the three levels of reality, consensus, reality, dreaming, and essence. And do you feel like the coaching outcomes are a bit more consensus reality and yet then they allow us to take our clients and our relationship into the other spaces? Oh, that's interesting. Um, I would agree with that. And I also think that they're like essence and dreaming where the plan is consensus reality. Maybe it exists at all three levels. Mm. You know, our outcomes have an essence to them. They have a dreaming of what we're after. Yeah. They also have a you know, consensus reality of how we're going to bring that to life. And we may need to come back to our dreaming and redream up a different plan, a different activity in order to stick to that dream of the outcome. Oh, I think that's great that they have to sort of, I guess, span all three and hold all three. Yeah. And I think as someone who maybe has a preference for the dreaming and the essence, mm. I think I'm really starting to, to fall back in love with the, the consensus reality and also the, the need for structure. I think it's essential for all the other stuff, the dancing, the, the magic. Yeah. I, so kind of this coming full circle to where we started is we've got to do that work ahead of time. If we want it to be free flowing in the moment during our coaching, 
and we've got to do this preparation work, which feels very consensus reality. And for those of us who like to free flow, it can be, it can take a lot of discipline <laughs> because, oh, no, we'll just show up. We'll be okay. Yeah. You know, maybe, maybe that's true, but you'll be so much more successful and it will feel so much more magical for the team when that work is done ahead of time. And you'll be much safer and confident in your relationship yeah if you've done that work ahead of time and we very much walked our talk today we we planned our coaching outcomes or our podcast outcomes we could say yeah and yet we didn't entirely know what was going to show up in our conversation but they gave us that arc of the conversation and the podcast yeah they did and i've had it written down i've only glanced at it a couple of times go yeah i think we got that i think we got that but we did it in a way I felt we did it in a way that felt natural, like a conversation. We lived in our relationship as opposed to in our individual Word documents. I think that's the interesting thing. There we go. Yeah, we were both after the same thing. So yeah. you asked me a question that, well, yeah, that leads us to one of our outcomes. I love this so much, Laurie. I can't wait for, for part two where we explore uh, alchemy further um, and look at the experiential learning model. Super. I'm looking forward to that too. Thanks so much, Katie. Thank you, Laurie. Take care. Speak to you very soon. You too. Okay. Bye. Bye. Thanks to Laurie Shook for her insights into alchemy and coaching outcomes. Here are my key takeaways. In alchemy, when we use the term co-facilitation, we mean trainers, leaders, and team coaches. So outcomes might be specific learning points for a training session, or might be more general principles for a team coaching session. Leaders in an organization might have other outcomes that are vision or business related. Alignment helps us to know how to interact with what shows up. Every moment we have a decision to make, there are so many options available to us. Clarifying outcomes helps us to know what path to take. A lack of alignment when co-delivering creates messiness, competition and confusion. So everything in the co-delivery should be in service of those outcomes. This includes our co-facilitator relationship, our energy, the tools we choose, the comments we make, the education we provide, what we choose to interact with. We can't follow every signal available. In part two of these three episodes on alchemy, Laurie and I will be exploring the experiential learning approach. Alchemy. The Art and Science of Co-Facilitation is an ICF-accredited course available in a virtual or in-person format, depending on your location. Whether delivered in-person or virtual, experiential learning and active participation are at the core of the Alchemy course. During the course, you work primarily with a designated partner, so you can sign up with someone you're already working with to deepen that relationship, or you can sign up solo where you will be assigned a partner and you'll learn the joys of developing a powerful relationship from the very beginning. For more information about the Alchemy approach and for information about upcoming courses, please visit crrglobal.com forward slash course forward slash alchemy. Thank you for listening to the Relationship Matters podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with your colleagues and friends that we can continue to spread these ideas across the globe and if you haven't already do subscribe wherever you get your podcasts to make sure you never miss an episode and for more information on the awesome courses please visit crrglobal.com for over 20 years 
CRR Global has accompanied leaders, teams and practitioners on their journey to stronger relationships by focusing on the relationship itself, not only the individuals occupying it. This leads to a community of change makers around the world. Supported by a global network of faculty and partners, we connect, inspire and equip change agents to shift systems one relationship at a time. We believe relationship matters, from humanity to nature to the larger whole.